up? And welcome to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and uh, we're, we're at home today, so we're not in the studio today. I'm with my co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler and Matthew Aguilar. Hey, guys. What up? Yeah, and as I was just saying, it, it's been a hot minute since we've gotten to hear our own intro music because we're usually in the studio down here in Nashville, so we don't get to hear our intro music, but our intro I was music dancing. does slap, so... Yeah, I had to get uh, I had to get my dance on just to just to get <laughs> started here. But uh, happy post Star Trek Day to everyone! As I said, this Aww. is Comic Book Nation, so uh, we got a lot to do this week because you know, like we say, we cover it all for geek culture here. So you know, there's a lot to talk about. We got to talk about things on the DC side. We got to talk about that new Black Adam trailer that dropped. We have to talk. We have a big segment where we're going to go through and tell you what we think. We might be getting at D23, which is going to be going down this weekend. We have uh, boots on the ground from comicbook.com out there. And, you know, it's D23. So there's a lot of Marvel stuff. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff and other projects that Disney also does. So we got to talk about what we think is going to be happening there. Plus, we got to do our usual TV recap. Uh, big episodes of She-Hulk this week, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings gets into its third episode, and we see how it kind of holds up. Plus, we got a special guest. Uh, it's Connor Casey. He's coming back <laughs> to do some more wrestling recap. It was a huge weekend slash week for wrestling over here at Comic Book. So uh, Matt Aguilar and Connor Casey have a recap for all you wrestling fans and fans, fans. And of course, we have comics because this is comic book nation so like i said lots so of, much yeah and lots of so batman i'm sorry oh my God. <laughs> no it's good so batman, batman though it's good yeah, batman gotta, yeah we gotta talk some batman plus yeah originally before d23 this show was just called batman stuff because <laughs> <laughs> we just can't get away from batman so we have it's more so batman true. stuff to do so but it's, but it's actually good this time so we're good yeah. and we have so much that we can't even fit fit it all into this show so we have horror too this week we have a review of the new movie barbarian plus interviews with the cast including uh justin long and we're going to be putting that out on our youtube channel so yeah too much show for the show this week so that's why we have a youtube channel so be sure to subscribe comic book nation youtube and if uh you're not watching there we're trying to slowly migrate everybody we love our twitch audience Twitch has been a little spotty lately, so we're trying to slowly but surely migrate our audience over to the Comic Book Nation YouTube page, which is live right now. You can just head over there, youtube.com backslash comic book nation, all one word. And uh, we're hanging out there, so be sure to check it out. And shout out to our Facebook audience. I uh, was digging some research into the Twitch crashes and found out we've been neglecting you over there on Facebook. So what up, Facebook audience? It's Comic Book Nation. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it, uh, guys. So we got late this week. You know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is hopping around the world. He's promoting Black Adam. It's coming in October. It's about the only thing we left we have left over from Comic Book Nation's epic uh, predictions for DC and Marvel 2022, where we uh, predicted the rise of DC and have crashed and burned since then with all the delays and the shuffles and the discovery of it all. But, um, you know, Black Adam is still coming our way. And this has kind of now become the dark horse, no pun intended, but, you know, bet for possibly turning around this DC Universe franchise and getting us on the good foot with, and possibly Dwayne The Rock Johnson, maybe even taking a bigger role in, in shepherding this whole franchise. So what do you guys think of this latest trailer, Matt and Janelle? And do you think it helps 
kind of further Black Adam towards a possible big, maybe even billion dollar box office. Janelle. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just huge. It's a lot in a short amount of time. I think the trailer is like two, maybe two minutes and 40 seconds. Gosh, I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know. It's like two minutes and 40 seconds of nonstop action information. Like, just it's awesome. Like, I think this got me extremely excited for kind of something that I was not really, I don't know a lot about Black Adam and I don't really care very much um, because I am so like DC mainstream, like core group of, of, you know, Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman. And um, yeah, this was actually really exciting for me. I was like holding my breath. Um, and some of these visuals, like, oh my gosh, like this one is yeah, insane. That's awesome shot. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. I mean, as someone who I do know Black Adam now after putting in the time with, you know, some of these comics, but I don't know him really well. So I feel like they showed his background. Like I know about his son. I know his story. Uh, and, and I'm really intrigued. So coming from my perspective, I'm all up in this love it yeah i uh i'm right i'm right there with you i think this is this got me pumped i was already pumped I'm, i've been looking forward to this movie but i don't know I, I mean with each trailer i just come away more and more hyped about how they're doing the jsa like the jsa looks is like the mvp of this trailer <laughs> they look so it looks so awesome like look at that shot and then you have like hawkman i'm so glad like hawkman's getting some freaking love <laughs> like the hog people, they they've tried a, a few several times over the years with varying results, right? Um, but this looks like an absolute home run so far. And so, well, I they, think we know what went wrong now and what needed to be done. I don't know That's where you go. Say as I drink from my biggie mug. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, all this Hodge was something for the Lord of the Ring haters. I was just throwing all this. All this Hodge looks Lord so. It's every shot with him. Like as it's going to be so cool, and then I mean, Doctor Fate. Like I, I'm very hyped for how they are kind of putting them. I think after this movie, fans will be really excited to see them further because there's so many other cool members of that team too. Also, if we get you know if we get Hawkman off the ground, we do that right. That means Hawk Girl not going to be too far behind. Need some Kendra in the DCU. Just just throwing that out there. So um, yeah. So I'm I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Yeah, I mean, one thing we can say for sure is that, like, you know, Dwayne, Rock Johnson and WB maybe weren't so crazy to kind of hold off and knock this back because this looks like the most polished comic sure. book movie, you know, that we've seen visually. So that's a good thing. I mean, just getting I mean, that's where we are now, just getting like basic visual effects, making sure that's all in order is a big deal. I just got done rewatching Thor Love and Thunder right now, which they even tried to fix on Disney Plus and. Oh, brother, is that is that a interesting thing to watch? I suggest everybody just watch it at home and no, you're not having like a stroke. The colors just change in that movie so often that it's it, it's absurd. But um, yeah, it looks really polished. It looks really good. Uh, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to effortlessly make Black Adam look like a badass. But like you said, like the fact that Hawkman looks awesome in this is an accomplishment in and of itself. So, yeah, I mean, I think right now, Dwayne Durock Johnson, his partners and the people who are contributing to Black Adam might have the right idea about what, you know, DC movie making should look like. And 
it's yeah, it's something good. So I'm really hyped for this. I'm really excited. Uh, And I think that they're going to, they have the right elements in place and even to the diverse casting. Sorry guys. I know we're all very touchy about this right now, but they've done almost like a perfect program job of like, getting necessary quadrants. Noah Santino's bringing in the young people. Aldous Hodge is going to bring in a certain demographic. You know, we got, we got enough people. People want to see Pierce Brosnan even. So like in Dwayne Johnson, you know, that guy can maybe get people to see a movie. So yeah, at least I think we can still have uh, some excitement for this black Adam thing going down. Cause uh, it's been a hard year for us as DC fans and people trying to hype DC content for a show. So you know good job but, to all of us <laughs> yeah we've been holding job. it down we've been holding trying. it down good job to all you dc faithful out there <laughs> you know yeah so i'm just hoping hoping it's a good time and we all come away and can't wait uh i already have some podcasts out there asking if we for for guest stars it's gonna be a good discussion dc fans are ready Ooh. for another movie it's been a long year like i said but uh all right let's get back to the uh the mouse house of it all <laughs> Yay! Black Adam D23 is going down this weekend. Now, it's going down. It was kind of a surprise when Marvel Studios and Disney kind of committed to doing stuff at Comic-Con while also kind of also de- doing D23. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about what we might be seeing at D23. I think uh we're going to start with Marvel TV. Producer Peter's holding down the show today because our man Richard is at D23 yeah. uh, with Brandon Davis and Jamie Girac from the Phase Zero podcast. Naturally, we got our Marvel people on the ground. And so they're all at D23 and Peter's holding it down here for us and made these excellent graphics so we can keep track of everything that's possibly on the table for this crazy convention. So let's start with Marvel TV. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'll uh, try to give it to you. But, uh, you know. Just creep on into these feeds, these live streams. They're awesome. And we love to talk to you. So Marvel TV. Okay, guys, let's go around and and in you guys in the comments too, please put in your contributions of what you think. But uh, because we're just doing predictions here. Well, here's what we have on the table. I mean, there are some things we can predict we're going to easily see at D23, right? Because we happen to be super duper comic book content nerds who do this every day and are like, Oh my God, they film scene one Oh four. So we know like where things are in production. Right. So, I mean, um, echo Loki, Ironheart, secret invasion. These are all things that in guardians of the galaxy holiday special, those five things alone, Mm -hmm. we know we could get some kind of at least teaser trailers for Secret Invasion already had a, a Comic-Con trailer, so that's an easy bet to knock off. All they got to do is replay that one, right? Right. Yeah. They have enough for Loki Season 2 to give us something. Echo, the same deal. Echo spins out. I mean, we know that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio were both in that, so it's possible that they flex something Daredevil as well, right? Because even though that show is still a ways away, you still have the elements in place to at least make something crazy. And, people, and they know how much Daredevil just... A simple daredevil shot is enough to send a room into uproar. So, you know, there's that. Um, I think what if is definitely they could show a sizzle reel from that, depending on where the animation is. But um, I think the things I'm kind of more interested in is the Iron Man side of the franchise, which has been real quiet for a very long time. Mm-hmm. 
we've seen production photos from Ironheart. We know that's filming and we know like Anthony Ramos is going to be playing the hood. That's a big deal. But I'm hoping we do get something from Armor Wars because, you know, Don Cheadle deserves it. We deserve it. And, you know, where the hell is Armor Wars, right? What do you guys think about Marvel TV and what are you kind of hopeful for here? Matthew. Oh, man. Okay. well, for I'm going to start with hopeful. I'm going to start with Kevin Carter. I'm very hopeful for something. I don't I don't care necessarily whether it's a show or it's a you know, a movie or even that she's like in a cameo. It's like, I don't, I don't really, I, I just want Captain Carter. After Multiverse of Madness, I, we're free to spoil that movie now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So after she was cut in half, <laughs> I would like a little <laughs> redemption and I would love, I mean, she was so awesome in that cameo, right? So I would love to have her back in the MCU, like in the proper timeline and everything, or, you know, move her over from a different timeline, whatever, whatever you got to do. I just want, I'd love to have her featured in some way. So I will say yeah. that is my hopeful. I do think, um, I, I feel like secret invasion and armor wars is almost to the point where I'm, I'm not, I'm pretending it doesn't exist until it actually <laughs> like plays something like I'm getting to that point, but like secret invasion, we know they played stuff. I would, that project has me very kind of meh and I feel like it needs some, some momentum, like show something, even if it's something in addition to the footage you showed at, at Comic-Con, like show something that really starts to kind of get me a little excited for this thing. Um, yeah. It's just so There's odd. That's such a big, when this was first announced, everyone lost their minds. And then slowly as more things kind of come out, it's just like, meh, meh, meh. It just kind of mm. comes along the train. I need you to kind of recapture some of that energy with something. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I think we haven't talked about it a lot, but there is the more and more I see of like what Marvel's doing. There seems to be in phase five specifically, like this whole villains kind of coming up, right? Uh, phase five ends with the Thunderbolts, but along the way, we're going to get the hood kind of making a rise, Kingpin kind of making a compact, Come, come back. Oh Compact. There's no coming back for what just Don't happened. Call it I'll come back. Um, and and um, yeah, and the, the other side of it is whatever's happening out in the cosmos with these alien races, the scrolls, the Kree, and everybody caught in between. Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, you know, um, uh, Monica, not Monica Rambo. Um, Oh my God. I can't believe Tayona Parrish. I can only think about her having a baby right now. That's, that's where I am in the news cycle. Um, Maria, uh, no Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Out there in the universe <laughs> and secret invasion could be the first hint of that, of evil scrolls, things not being what they seem, all these kind of machinations happening. And that might be why it's been so secret, but we also do, like you said, it's lost a lot of momentum. Um, so I do want to see that. And Captain Carter does. I, I think that's an easy win if they announce that now, some, Things that have been mentioned in the comments that I just want to kind of acknowledge. Uh, yeah, there are some things we didn't really have. I think we only could do so much with graphics. But Wonder Man, I expect to, that we'll hear something about Wonder Man. Really? For sure. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, because I think there's a whole element, and this kind of bleeds over into the movie section, but Dustin Daniel Cretton, Destin Daniel Cretton, director of Shang-Chi, he's now deep in with Marvel. We know we all thought he was doing like a 10 rings TV show, but then it was announced he's doing wonder man. He's attached to that. We know he's doing the Kang dynasty. And I think we haven't heard about him for Shang, for Shang Chi shoot for Shang Chi two yet or anything. So I think he is an element that needs his own kind of like set of updates. 
So Wonder Man is out there, but I think when, this would be like the official first announcement, right? Of the show being a thing. I think that could happen. Um, some people mentioned Werewolf by Night. I think we will also hear about that because that cool. just been like, it's become like mythic in its own right because yeah. we heard about it and then heard nothing else about it. But I think maybe we'll finally get a, a Werewolf by Night thing. Um, I think season twos are a big theme that are easy for Marvel to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you could see like, yeah, we're going to get Moon Knight season two. That's an easy one to call and say. I don't know if we'd hear about Miss Marvel before the Marvels comes out and, and right. we see, you know, that right. I think yeah. they calls on. Moon Knight's easy to announce. Um, She-Hulk, depending on like where the ratings are, I think She-Hulk season two would be an easy one to announce at D23. That'd be really great. give a boost to that show as it goes into the back half of its episodes. So I think is that um, some people are wondering about like Defenders and stuff like that. I don't think we'd get that now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still think it's a little too early for that, but you never know. Things crazy things could happen and have happened before. So my big kind of hopefuls are hearing about Captain Carter, hearing about Armor Wars. Um, yeah, again, getting those season two kind of lockdowns. And, you know, I'm, I'm only in this for the werewolf by night of it all, really. <laughs> you, and, you and Adam. <laughs> You're just like hoping yeah. and praying. I just need the uh, Kate and, and Yelena sitcom that I pitched. Oh, my gosh. That's yes, what I really Matt. need. I need that's what I need. I said, well, I said we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that on, uh, on the movie side. Jim Viscardi and his crazy rumor. We mail ways also dropped other kind of possible um, TV things. Oh, yes. I think we'll hear something about Agatha Coven of uh, Chaos. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Well, we'll get some maybe some more of that. I and totally just forgot. Scan details about that. I mean, there, I mean, there's nothing really to say about that lately. But um, Jim Viscardi also was in my ear. And I don't know if this is from his wish list or something he's hearing out there in the Aether, but uh, something, a surprise left field announcement would be something like a Nomad series about what they're going to do with Bucky Barnes after, because we know Captain America, New World Order's coming for Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie, but uh, a Nomad TV series, which I joked is like Marvel. It's somebody at Marvel sat down and watched Reacher or listened to our cover, excellent coverage <laughs> of it here on Comic Book Nation and was like, we could do that on the cheap just with a metal arm, you know, um, and could do that. So I don't know, but that's Jim Viscardi for you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to some, <laughs> we're going to come back to Marvel movies in a minute. I want to just keep with TV and go to star Wars. I think star Wars is a little bit more easier to manage expectations because of what we, I mean, we know, uh, and, or you can do a special look or a preview of like episode one, a new trailer, Bad Batch season two, you can do another trailer for the first Ahsoka t uh, trailer. I would almost certainly expect to drop right now at yeah. this same with the Mandalorian season three trailer, which already showed at Comic-Con, I think will, you know, be put online. And that's a whole other element. There are things we know were shown at Comic-Con, but not to the public that are easy to just be like, hey, we show these here. They are now they're public yeah. and Mandalorian season three trailers. One of those. Um, and the Acolyte is this kind of X Factor Star Wars TV show that we know is in production, has to do with the High Republic era and this kind of crucial point of when it ends going into the Skywalker saga. And so that's a pretty pivotal TV show. They've been casting and there's been murmurings about like what's going on. So I think we could find out more of that, maybe have a first teaser or something like that. But I think Star Wars is pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's D23, so they could announce a new slate of stuff 
for the Star Wars TV universe. You never know. Uh, I would not be totally surprised if we got something like Hayden Christensen back in some kind of Vader series. There seems to be a lot of momentum for that after Obi-Wan, but beyond that, Oh, and there's also like wrecking crew. I didn't put this on here, but that wrecking crew show is still a thing with Jude law. That's also filming. And we could probably see some first stuff from that. But um, yeah, for new stuff, I, w- I would say left field, probably a Vader series or something like that. But mm. beyond that, I don't know. What do you guys think about Star Wars TV? Kofi, I literally just put in the comments. It's like, I'm so happy I have a Kofi in my life <laughs> to build the hype and to tell me everything about Star Wars because, like, I was, I saw this in the lineup and I was like, thank God I get to know what's happening and Kofi's going to tell me everything. And I love knowing an expert. <laughs> Facebook is wild and Matt Nuttleman says Jar Jar Binks TV series. Yeah. yeah. I, will watch I would, you know what, you know what, Matt? I, I would love to see it happen just to see what would happen to the internet's head. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would love to see that. Oh. I'm I for it. Watch the hell out of that. Danny Pug says thinks I'm crazy to think She-Hulk could get season two. I don't know. I don't know really? She-Hulk's exact really? ratings, but it's been it's been buzzing online pretty heavily every. If weekend. She-Hulk doesn't get a second season, I would be pissed. Actually, like mad. Like yeah, that's I a mean, perfect show to have. Like you could that, that could, could be have like, like five. That's easy to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Ali McBeal, but yeah, exactly. seven seasons. Who cares? If they canceled She-Hulk, I'd be I'd be shocked because it's the easiest one to move so many things in the MCU. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Once you get all the She-Hulk renderings in the computer finally, when the graphic artists are done in it, and you just have to hit F5, it becomes much easier to, you know, produce the show. And that's that's you know, I, I I'm I'm confident in that one. Let's I'm confident just, uh, in that one. Yeah, and, that, that, you know, I think TV is honestly these days just made by how much it buzzes on Twitter. And She-Hawk has stayed buzzing. Yeah. And we're going to get to that today. I mean, um, it just made a minor character into a major star. And, <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that today. All so. I have to add to the Star Wars discussion is that I'm just waiting for my Dr. Aphra series. It's all I'm waiting Yeah, for. so am I. I would love a Dr. Aphra series. Perfect for Disney+. Plus. Perfect for stream. Like, you know, introduce that character in one of the upcoming ones you have. Mm-hmm. And then just launch her into a, her own series so people can really get to know her and her supporting cast. And then throw her in the movies. <laughs> so like, right. Put put that rocket, strap that rocket on and let's just sail that to the moon, please. Is that all right? Hey, I'm, I'm, in. I'm in. And, you know, okay. we're going to get to some things about this episode that uh, the psychology of this latest episode that I'm going to go off about. But I'm in. Let's just say that. All right, so that's Star Wars TV. Let's keep it moving and talk about Disney movies. I had to, you know, obviously we're focused on Marvel movies, but there's more than than just Marvel movies. Um, Let's get the other one out of the way. I would expect we're going to hear something or get the first trailer for Indiana Jones 5. Wow. That's been in production forever now. Uh, Poor Harrison Ford's gone through it. They went through the COVID mess. So I think where else would you debut that except D23, right? Um, that's a big, huge movie. You know, that has the, that's a movie. That's like one of the only movies that has the kind of built in factor to be like top gun level. Right. Like, so yeah, I think this would be the stage to do that, drop it online and get that hype train started. We mentioned that there are trailers that were shown at Comic-Con that are easy to kind of bring back Mm -hmm. guardians of the galaxy three, that first trailer, nobody's seen. You can release that online. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Quantum uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania also with uh, with the first Kang introductions. All of that's going to get the internet hyped. You can drop that online and show it again really easily, or show people a little bit more like a clip or something else in D twenty three before you release the Comic Con trailers online. Um, you could get new footage from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, a full trailer. We are getting close to the release of that movie, so. I mean, now would be the time, right? Unless you're just doing an, you want like another online. Close. I keep forgetting how yeah. close that movie is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only other thing would be like at New York Comic Con, making that like a big feature mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. hype and ticket sales, you know, and doing that, which they might do because you got to get those ticket sales boosted, you know, those front loaded ticket sales. So, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's there. Now, let's talk about the real thing we think is going to happen here, right? One of the biggest headlines they can easily do. So, going into D23, We've been hearing crazy rumors about the Fantastic Four movie. Um, director, WandaVision director Matt Shackman is said to be attached to it. And we've been hearing casting rumors. Penn Badge, Badgley from You could be playing Reed Richards. Latest one we just heard this week is Jodie Comer from Free Guy and Killing Eve. Uh, could be Sue Storm. You know, I think that Fantastic Four will get will be a centerpiece because that's a you know, Kevin Feige always likes to have some new shiny thing to kind of distract people with. And Fantastic Four is an easy one to do. It it has a place in the production pipeline. It has to kind of get going next year. Uh, I, I assume this is going to be a pretty effects heavy movie. It's coming in 2024. So they got to get going on this. Yeah. And. I think now would be the time to at least confirm the director and at least a a bit of casting. I would love to see all four done, but I would, I mean, if they give you just two of them, that's big news. If you're Sue Storm and your Reed Richards are out there, that's big news. Um, And I also think we could get a Dr. Doom, right? There's been kind of for Moon Knight in a long time now, there's been hints of Dr. Doom. The Kang stuff crosses over with Doom. If you're getting Fantastic Four, you got to have Doom. Secret Wars of it all. I think you got to introduce who your Doom is going to be. That could be a major shutdown thing because we already know there's Kang, but this is bigger stakes. Uh, We need another kind of Thanos level villain. If you introduce Doom in in a famous actor playing him, that's Major headline. So I think, yeah, Fantastic Four is a pretty, pretty. Al Pacino game. is Doom. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Richard. Jazz June. Mr. Richards, I do not like you in this dimension or any other. What are you doing, Richards? That's not no, Al Pacino. <laughs> ah, Richards. Get the doom bots. We're losing it over here. But um, yeah, doom would be a, a major thing and have that, you know, an actor come out Loki style. It'd be dope if you had like a, somebody in a, like a cosplay doom mask, but this isn't comic con, but you know, I can dream in my, my <laughs> Did you say cosplay. I can, uh, yeah, we can make that happen. No, I'm saying if somebody came out and like cosplay do mask and then revealed which actor it was like under the mask, that'd be the joke. But that's more of a Comic Con type. Well, you know what would be awesome if someone here had their own do mask and and like wore it during the show next week after we know who Doctor Doom is if they reveal it. So see, Janelle, I'm just giving you that. I just throwing that out there for you. Since Janelle can't be at D23, yeah, I'm getting on Amazon now. 
Somebody, uh, Uncle Nyich in uh, over on YouTube says, not sure we get Doom if he winds up being an end credit scene for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That is true, too. I mean, we don't know if Wakanda Forever will tee up oh my God. in Doom in any kind of way, but it, it does need a post-credit scene, so that's a possibility. Captain but, um, Comic I, 777 threw out that Javier Bardem would be the best Doctor Doom, and now that's kind of what I want. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not be mad at Javier Bardem. (laughs) I was watching him and he was just in a, like one scene of, I was watching uh, collateral, the Michael Mann movie with Mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. And he's in one scene of that as a, as a kind of drug Lord. And I was like, yeah, he's great as a villain. So, I mean, in Anton Sugar, if you've ever watched, you know, no country for old men, Javier Bardem is a great villain. So I would not be mad at that. Um, yeah, we'd all love to see Killian Murphy as Doom too. You know, Fastbender as Doom is also a great one. Fastbender would be great as Doom. Yeah, uh, he would. He, and he hasn't done anything in like a hot minute. So, yeah, but we're getting off topic here. All right, all right. <laughs> we could talk about Fantastic. We go back we to might, our Pacino yeah, we, By next week, we might all be sitting here very happy or very disappointed. Hey. All right, and finally, I threw something at Peter. Some late additions that, because uh, you know. We over here at Comic Book, we do have some uh, things that now and again come through. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to picture <laughs> Peter. <laughs> that was sorry, Peter, for the for the late workload. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, things change. This show's crazy. You guys know if this is season four, we plan all the time. We plan. God laughs. We have to redo shows all the time. Um, all right. Some late additions. So here's some things that are on the docket now. Deadpool 3. There could be a major Deadpool 3 announcement. We we all but suspect that's coming in, you know, February of uh, what, 2024, is it? I believe February 16th of 2024, that, that mysterious date they had in phase mm-hmm. that they had marked out in phase five, but they didn't say anything. But uh, or is that 2023? I can't remember. But one of those fun February dates that Marvel had is never been revealed and they could finally reveal it as Deadpool 3. We said Agatha, Coven of Chaos can probably get some shine in there. A surprise announcement would be finally we heard, you know, trades were reporting some kind of Nova projects has been in the works for a while now. Uh, Brandon Davis is hopeful of this and that he would be cast. But, uh, you know, we can maybe get confirmation that Nova is coming. That'd be amazing. There is a big kind of growing rumor that we will maybe instead of like that classic Avengers moment where they bring out or Eternals moment, because Kevin Feige loves to do that, right? Yeah. It's bring thing. out when he's got like an all-star cast of people together, bring them all out and, and do it. It's too early for the X-Men, personally speaking. So I think we can all set aside our X-Men hopes right now. I don't think that's happening because they're just slowly bankrolling into mutants still. But the Thunderbolts is one where there has been enough put on the table and there's increasing rumors and reports we're getting. And usually what happens is you can't trust just one like outlet getting a scoop. But when you start to hear a trend in scoops, it usually does mean some level of truth to that is happening. And we've been hearing the Thunderbolts murmurs for a while now. So, I mean, this would be a good press turnaround if they put Florence Pugh out in front and been like, yeah, Yelena Belova. Uh, you know, it'd be good to get away from that. Don't worry, darling stuff. And uh, maybe get into some uh, Marvel stuff again, even though I'm super hyped for that movie. Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> now I'm, Oh, I didn't think we wanted to talk about it, but Oh, that yes. movie looks amazing. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the drama. I'm not even looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the movie. I love a little while, but I'm more, 
looking forward to the Netflix docuseries about, <laughs> about making. <laughs> about making. Don't worry, darling. That is going to be heat. Somebody needs to get on that right now. We need to see it. Um, uh, Damon Gray said there's a rumor that the ghost actress is in Anaheim. Um, oh, so yeah, boy. Thunderbolts yeah. is a big growing rumor. So yeah, I mean, and that's an easy one to do because we've basically, I mean, this last couple of weeks of She-Hulk has teed up their Hulk. Mm-hmm. Florence Pugh's the Elena Belova's out there. John US Walker's agent. already yep, out, there. out there. Ghost from, you know, Ant-Man, that actress people have wanted back for a long time. There's a whole bunch of, you know, villains that have been just kind of, you know, either one-off supporting villains that people have said would be great. Everybody has a Thunderbolts. We do on comicbook.com. You know, here's who could who they could pull together. And so you could take a bunch of your kind of supporting people led by a couple key people like Wyatt Russell and Florence Pugh. And of course, you know, my personal goddess, uh, um, Olivia, uh, or, oh my God, I can't believe, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and bring them out on stage and shut down the show by saying, here's my your Thunderbolts, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I love it, COVID. Yeah, oh yeah, Elaine and Seinfeld did some stuff to me back in the day. But anyway, <laughs> some formative, formative stuff to me. But um, yeah, bring them all out on stage and just be like, here are your Thunderbolts, right? And you can do that and shut down the show. So I think that could be a surprise Kevin Feige, big ensemble cast showstopper moment uh, that we could get. And so I think that's on the table. And of course, anything they add to Avengers Secret Wars or Avengers Kang Dynasty would be real big, right? So yeah. that's a big deal. Um, all right. But I think that's it. Does anybody have anything else they think? I, good? Uh, You've I, wrapped I, it up perfectly yeah, with a bow. Good. That's good. All right. Yeah. Uh, but you've built the hype, man. I'm yeah, so excited. I'm, I'm excited I, like I really it. wasn't even making a big deal about it. We're getting really close to my wedding, so I'm kind of panicked about things. And then Kofi sent this beautiful note with all of these announcement thoughts. And I was like, oh my God, I just got so hyped about this. I'm really excited. All right. Well, we just went deep on a D23. Uh, we're going to have coverage all weekend long on comic book. We're going to do this. I think for uh, time's sake, we should probably flip things around a little bit. Mm, maybe okay. take a break. Come back. Matt, do you want to do your wrestling segment? For sure. Let's knock it out. Back? Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk some wrestling and have Connor Casey on for all our wrestling fans to recap what happened. Because then we got to do TV recap for Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk. And we got some important comic stuff to talk about. So. We'll be right back. Comic Book Nation. Peace. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that hits it all for geek culture. We are here, and last week was one of the craziest weekends I think I've seen in wrestling. Our poor comicbook.com wrestling team had a lot to do. And to recap it all for you, Mr. Matthew Aguilar is here, and so is Mr. Connor Casey. Woo-woo, babe! <laughs> all right, boys, take it away. <laughs> w- what shook out of this whole mess, and how close were your predictions from last week? Uh, Yeah, so um, we got – okay, so just to recap for those who – somehow were under a rock and did not notice all of the things that are happening in wrestling. Uh, we had Clash at the Castle. We had then Worlds Collide. And then we had all out. And then we had the all out media scrum. And then we had the all out media scrum, which set off a week 
still happening of just good lord just so much to uh to cover so i guess to start things off though connor before we get into that because that's a whole thing unto itself just from the weekend up until the media scrum who kind of what stuck out to you who kind of who do you feel kind of came away with the win that weekend so i feel like this weekend was great in many ways and it was also rather frustrating and the consistent theme i saw across all three shows is promoters stubbornly sticking to their guns uh triple h opting not to put the universal title on drew mcintyre i feel was a massive mistake because I don't think you can possibly generate a louder pop than those 60,000 fans all 100% behind Drew only to pull out the rug from under him at the last second. And then that goofy sing along with Tyson Fury there at the end, which I don't think made anybody happy. (laughs) Then worlds collide. I'm, I'm baffled by the idea that you want us to care about NXT Europe when you just said, okay, here's NXT UK and we're going to job out both of their singles champions in one night and try to convince me that Tyler Bate is a lesser wrestler than Braun Breaker when at the same time that Braun was struggling to stay on the Ravens, Tyler Bate's putting on a five-star classic with Walter. I, I, I don't think the two things are equal, but that's just me. And then with All Out, for as good as some of the matches were, the show was too bloody long. And I wish that was getting more addressed than what wound up getting brought up in the uh, post-show media scrum. But obviously, there were bigger topics to cover. So no one's talking about that right now. But this is the same problem we're going to run into with Full Gear. And it's the same problem we've had with the past few shows. Yeah, no, I I agree with a lot of that. I think um, to... I think... I, I had to say, number one, my predictions were actually pretty accurate this time around, which is didn't happen the last few times. So I was happy to get a win in that regard. Um, I didn't feel like Drew was winning, but damn, they did a hell of a job making me think he might leading up to that. They did a fantastic job and man, that pop was unreal. So while I didn't think he was ultimately going to do it, I was engaged with the story and, and overall, that's what I care about. Right. So I do feel like you don't cut Roman's reign there. However, um, I understand the frustration with having those two titles kind of on one show, on one person. It, it kind of restrains what you can do with all the other stuff. So I get you. And, and, um, and let me just add, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how the overall product has improved under Triple H's regime. But the specter of Vince McMahon still hangs over everything. When Roman Reigns still has both titles on one show and is working part time on that show. Right. And at the same time, you keep threatening us with an Austin Theory cash in where the punchline of every pay-per-view lately is how does he fail at cashing in? Yeah, but I'm okay with that. both, Both of those decisions were made by Vince And they continue to linger over everything. Triple H has fixed so much about what fans have been frustrated about the product lately, but Raw still does not have a world champion. And guys like Seth are are just forced to sit there and wait for something to finally happen. Right. But you can't. Okay. To be fair. Yes, I agree with you in that respect, though. I enjoy the theory stuff because at least you're having some fun with it. And he's a heel that people already dislike. I'm okay with having some fun with that. Um, but that said, I also don't expect Triple H to just like 
if you take the titles off of Roman in the wrong way and you do it just to get the title over, I feel like you do harm. And there was, is a was way, honestly the wrong way to do it with Drew. I don't. I don't, I don't what is so. that? outside of Clash, which would have been a huge moment, awesome moment. You then get there, and I'm I'm telling you right now, two weeks later, we have people in the chat going, "Man, this is boring." What's Drew doing? Is the join? You're going to have the same complaints that came around when people were burnt out on the last one. They were burnt out because it was the pandemic and I, you had no crowd. I'm saying, but it's it's the fact that like I don't think it was going to be something that like lasted for weeks and weeks of oh yes, Drew's got the title again. Da 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 da. I don't think it was the right time. I think you do you take it in a short to in a knee jerk reaction way, and it actually has the opposite effect. But I understand it needs to happen. It absolutely does. But I'm also okay with like not every change happening overnight. I, and and Rock isn't the solution at WrestleMania because he's not winning. No, he better not win. That's he's the whole not gonna point. Win. Like he's gonna have Roman Roman. Put him, He's gonna put over Roman, and then the problem isn't fixed because he's right. still the double champion. Right. And he's but still isn't everyone prediction that Cody's gonna be the guy to do it? We don't know when Cody's coming back. That's the that's the that's big true. issue with that entire theory is that's that true. that man's arm looked like grimace. Yeah, but he's so, still and you're banking the entire future <laughs> of the next year of the company on that. I agree, though, that it needs to happen sooner. But I was OK with it not happening here. I do not have all the answers, though, to tell you that. Oh, yeah, here's what it'll happen. But I understand the frustration because I'm there, too. Uh, I will say let's move into the next big thing, though. Because obviously, where's my muffin? Give me a minute. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> after all of the um, wonderful wrestling that happened, we then had a post media scrum <laughs> at All Out, and CM Punk, like it feels like, just like took out a lighter <laughs> and lit like all the goodwill and all the craziness happened, and from there it has been just insane so uh i guess walk us through a little bit of like what's played out how it's all played out sure sure so the at this point we have covered the entire situation to death he railed on hangman page he explained his situation with colt cabana he being cm punk by the way if you if you somehow missed that part and he wound up getting into a locker room fight with kenny omega the young bucks uh, one of the backstage coaches, a steel wound up biting Kenny for some reason, and a bunch of people got suspended. We still don't know Punk's status with the company going forward. And a few questions have kind of lingered since then. The first one being, was this planned? Did he did he plan on walking into that scrum and making some sort of rant like this. And I do think in some ways it was planned. There was confusion because the feed for the scrum, the official one from the AEW YouTube account was a, about a minute late. So when you watch it in its entirety, you see that he literally picked out someone with the, from the crowd that he thought had some sort of connection to Colt Cabana, decided to bring that up and then said, I'm going to make the entire situation clear. And in his mind, he's, he thinks he's doing that. And you're going to ask yourself, well, well, why would he do this? If you're a civilian, if you're someone who doesn't cover this stuff regularly or follow it religiously, you were walking into All Out and your main thought was, wow, the build for Moxley Punk's a little weird, but I'm, I'm still excited for the match. But if you're like us, you know that, 
hey, the biggest story outside of the pay-per-view itself has been, hey, everybody's mad at Punk because of this Cabana thing. Now, he wants to blame the elite for spreading all these rumors, but let, let's let's put all the cards on the table here for a second. The two big scoopsters in the industry right now, Sean Ross Sapp and Dave Meltzer, both said they weren't their sources for these stories coming out. I knew about this back in February, and I sure as heck did not get it from Matt or Nick Jackson or Kenneth by God Omega. That wasn't my source. So when he's going on this big rant about how they're the ones leaking all this stuff, it's a little misguided. Yeah. So I do believe he walked in wanting to try and set the record straight. And if he had just stopped at the cabana <laughs> comments, we would have moved on. That that would have been it. Yeah. But then he then he wants to get into it with Hangman because he felt like he was that was a slight and obscure reference that was made that if you didn't know what he was talking about, that comment would have completely gone over everybody's head. And then he wants to blame the EVPs as well. Now, the second point that people want to make from this is how does this make Tony Khan look? Now, some of the criticism I feel is aptly deserved, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to give him credit for a couple things. One, this was a heat of the moment situation with 20 some odd members of the press sitting right there in the room and I imagine that's a situation Tony hasn't often found himself in. So he did. And he obviously didn't know about the fight. His phone wasn't on him and he was in the locker room when the brawl took place. He was sitting there at the table. I think going forward, the best option for him is to do what he was originally doing with the scrums and come out at the end. He yeah. doesn't need to be sitting there next to every wrestler for the entirety of every segment. And I will give him a little bit of credit. If this was his idea, if he heard what Punk was saying and thought, well, I'm turning this guy heel, I'm going to let this play out. It kind of worked because who's the most hated man in AEW right now, whether you're in the locker room or out in the stands, it's Punk. You, you've, you've kind of achieved that. And I'm not saying this is a work. Yeah, because I don't think there's enough support. I see it's in the comments right now. It's not. But yeah. if Tony was like, this could actually work in my favor, I'm going to let things play out. Now, obviously, the optics were not great. Yeah. But if that was his thought process, I'm going to give him a little credit for that. I, now, yeah. the fight, EVP should not be knocking on anybody's door looking to confront them. But from what we've been hearing lately, they got into the room and then Punk started swinging, allegedly. Yeah. So I think by October, everybody who was suspended, except for Punk and Ace, I don't. I sincerely doubt Ace is coming back to the company. Everybody else is gonna be back on TV and back at back. He did it, dude. I feel like once you go, yeah. I feel like once you go that route, like yeah, I don't know. Like someone got bit and a dog. Oh, I don't know. I feel like there's a great time to plug the excellent Mike Tyson series on Hulu right now. <laughs> Sadly, it wasn't his ear. But, um, but yeah, no, they'll be back by then. I think they come out of this looking fairly clean. And then the, the question becomes, do you fire punk? Do you suspend punk? What do you do? And I think honestly, the decision that does not need to be made. The decision does not need to be made right now, because he's got a torn tricep supposedly, and he's out for eight months. 
So any decision you make right now is moot. That that's that's my thought on this entire situation. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, I think uh, think you you summed that up really well. I um, I don't think it was just to address a few things. Uh, I don't think it was planned as far as Tony. Like, I think after the fact, it would be smart to make it into a work as yeah. much as you can. Right? There is so much money to be made right yeah. now with Punk as the ultimate villain. Yeah. And that's what we want. That's what I want. I won't speak for everyone. That's what I wanted leading into this. I wanted him to turn heel and, and let's run with that. Cause to me, that's the most fun punk is when he does that. Um, so, so turn it into that. Sure. But as of right now, you're, you're three EVPs and your biggest star just had an all out brawl. And then his buddy bit someone. And then there was a dog being protected throughout the whole thing. Right. It's a mess. So if you can work with that going forward, great. But like Tony Khan's clearly grimacing at several points during that conference when Buck says things about people that he's working with. So he was clearly not one prepared for it and not on board. So if you can turn it into something, I am glad that like everyone essentially was like, no, all the titles are up for grabs. We're handling this the very next episode. He's, I think he's reacting. I mean, he got booed when he came on screen. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of segued to people applauding when like that the titles were vacated were announced. That's nuts. Like you wouldn't think this. So I think he's handled it as best as he can moving forward. But we'll have to see if like, you know, are they still EVPs rolling into six months from now? You know, we'll we'll see. I know Kenny has a event coming for the game. Um so and he's kind of in charge of that. We'll see if like that. So I, there's a lot of other dominoes to fall. But yeah, it has been it has been nuts. And right. it seems like six to eight months will be the time frame when we can actually really get a sense of what's happening with it because punk's on the shelf. Um, and and, and let, let me finish with this. There's an expression in sports. Winning cures everything. And the pro wrestling version of that is great wrestling cures everything. And this week's dynamite was arguably one of the best of the year. I think those first 20 minutes for as much of a mess as this weekend was, that was about as great as you could have possibly handled that. Yeah. Stripping them of the titles to MJF's promo to Moxley saying, Hey, I'm going to be the guy that punk swears he's going to be. Yeah. I want the ball and then have a killer six man tag crown new trios champions and start a tournament where you now have a group of guys, all of whom are legitimate contenders to be world champion. And suddenly Grand Slam is much must watch TV again. Agreed. They've already found their way out of this in some way. So that is the wonderful world of wrestling this week. We need to, is there a podcast already called the wonderful world of wrestling? It, it <laughs> the WWWWE? Yeah, yeah, there it yeah. is. Done. Logo made. Bam, I think we just figured out something from comic book. All right, there you go. ABB, always be branding. All right, so let's go on. Thank you, Connor Casey, for dropping by and recapping. It was a crazy week in wrestling. Even I was in with my popcorn. It was like one screen, don't worry, darling. One screen, CM Punk. One screen, don't worry, darling. Who's spitting on who? Who's biting who? What is going on? All right, so. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. One time, the world burns. All right. So, <laughs> yes, as many of you saw in the chat, we are going to flip it around. Uh, we were going to talk some Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon, but uh, I think we can skip the past that really fast, though. We don't have to get too bogged down in those. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the only thing that happens is. Wait, are we spoiling? 
Because I, I promised that we would tell people that we're if we're spoiling these. Oh, uh, well, we're gonna spoil for She Hulk, so we might. Yeah, well. but are we gonna spoil, spoil for Lord of the Rings? I was just gonna say there's only one thing to know, and and I don't think it's a spoiler okay. that there's a character Perfect. they introduce, and it's a it's a Lord of the Rings character in this episode. Um, you might not have even known, but there's a kid on a ship. His name is Isildur. If you don't remember that name, Isildur plays a pivotal role in the opening flashback sequence of Lord of the Rings about what happened in the war with Sauron. Ooh. That's the only thing you got to know. Um, so that's the only thing to remember about that. Otherwise, uh, it's still a solid episode, but I still think House of the Dragon to me is more exciting because mm, you yep. look at what happened in House of Dragon episode three. And uh, I know Janelle, Spoilers I mean, for this that, Matt, that Matt Smith. I love all. him. Yeah. I love him. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love Matt where, Smith. Where you just see him filled with arrows and you were just like, I wish I could save him. <laughs> well, I really did have a moment of like, oh no, like he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I was like, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're on comicbook.com right now, there's a lot happening because it is D23 right now. I know it says upcoming in our show notes. Somebody pointed out, but we wrote that days ago. So, mm-hmm. you know. It is happening right now. And yes, Indiana Jones 5 pictures are dropping. Brandon Davis is dropping Indiana Jones costume reveals. We got things happening all <laughs> over the place. So you got to be on Twitter. You got to be on comic book. You got to be on this show. We are everywhere. Ah, But um, yeah, so House of the Dragon was pretty hype this week. Mm-hmm. Um, some great things. We have excellent breakdowns about some of the prophecies like the bonfire scene, what the royal hunt meant. And all of that, what the white stag was, why was the boar and the white stag all important to kind of Game of Thrones? Some of those Robert Baratheon echoes, you know, there's a whole bunch going on there. It's uh, but still Lannister references, Lannister references. Yeah. Oh, man. They're doing a a good job because this show isn't a direct prequel. It's separated by so much time, but it's great about showing you the echoes of history and how things can be circular and how fate can be circular and, you know, tweaked and go different ways, depending on how you treat it. So I'm loving House of the Dragon. Um, Lord of the Rings is good, but still a little slow for me, as some people are saying in the comments. Not as exciting as, although if, I love a good hard foot, you know. If Dragon wasn't out, I think that we wouldn't be as critical. I just... Mm, yeah. That, it, that's about you. possibly. They're both same Yeah, comparison time. bias is real, yeah. you know. Yeah, it you is. Know. You know, we all use that. Tri- we all have that one friend we use for that trick, right? Comparison bias, you know. Yeah. Shout out to all the comparison bias friends. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's go to what we want to talk about. She-Hulk episode four. But before we do that, we're getting live reacts. Uh, I sent it to the guys during the wrestling segment. There's a new She-Hulk mid-season trailer out right that now. Is- it's oh. on the front page of comic book. And it looks pretty dope. Um, this it's for the back half of the episodes. There's nine of them. So, oh, Peter, look at Peter look over at here. I wow. love that we're Peter already seeing the. I was not even expecting that. We've already worked this poor man enough this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and so you have this kind of ad within an ad of uh, Titania's whole the last episode. Episode four ends with Jennifer Walters getting sued over the She-Hulk name because uh, Titania says she used it. And now we see why uh, she has an ad for a product called She-Hulk. But um, yeah, if you watch this footage, there's some hype stuff in there. Guys, there's some Daredevil in here. Yeah, Daredevil Keep your in eyes here. peeled. Uh, yeah, there's some Frogman in here. You get to see uh, Jen Walters at the party uh, episode where she's in the dress and some other things that we saw teased in kind of the first trailer. So 
We get that new costume. Like, yeah, so, yeah we get the official she costume. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I, I don't think it's a secret that we like the show here. We're kind of big fans of it. And this looks like an exciting back half of the season. And they're just, I love that they're leaning into like the twerking and all the silliness and all the absurdity of it. And just putting that out on Front Street because, uh, you know, it is what makes this show. Wongers! 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 <laughs> yeah, My new some favorite. Shots of Matt Murdock place. in there. I love that we're not just getting Daredevil, but Matt Murdock. Yeah. And she says, this guy's doing it for me. Yeah. This guy's great. Little Daredevil reference. <laughs> Wongers! <laughs> I love all of that. That's <laughs> Patty Guggenheim. Is amazing. That's Patty Guggenheim who was on Phase Zero yesterday, which I suggest you watch because you know it, it's interesting always to see actors uh, when they're when they're as their natural selves. And she is hilarious just naturally. <laughs> she is naturally funny in like a very Madison kind of way. So good. Um, she even came equipped with her own martini glass, and you know was clearly celebrating. You know, her big Marvel breakout. (laughs) Um, But I told you guys, She-Hulk episode four was the one I'd been waiting for. I've been sitting here like a little kid, like bouncing up and down because I'd gotten to see the first four. But um, yeah, episode four was where it really did click for me. And I I got why they gave you the first four because that's the one where you feel like the show really kind of knows what it is and is totally just like, okay, we're doing this. Um, And you have, you know, Madison with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think. <laughs> um, yeah. And Patty Guggenheim is Madison, just like, just shows like Marvel does such a great job of sometimes just introducing these bit characters that just break out and become these fan faves, you know, like the little trio in WandaVision with all those supporting characters coming together. And now this character who has like conquered the MCU, this, her career is about to change, you know, very much and good for her. But, uh, but this show is just hilarious and just the whole thing with Donnie Blaze getting people Ghost Rider fake outs and <laughs> just that whole thing and him using like the cheap magic and Benedict Wong really has been the MVP. Oh my God, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this has this done man so is much carrying. for him. Like I know and, and I just feel bad his chiropractor must be like so pissed about him just carrying face four on his back, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's amazing and yeah, I love that Marvel's just kind of messing with us with this show, even with like a light Mephisto possible thing, just to get our Mephisto bone kind of uh, tickled again. They just drop some reference to a goat named Jack and devils and making deals. <laughs> never to never mention it again, just kind of mess with us. But now you have everybody like, was that Mephisto? Is this it? Is Madison working for Mephisto? Okay, but Norn, uh, yeah, Norn is great stuff. Uh, Phase Wong is a real thing. Yes, it is. Phase Wong. Yeah. Oh my god, that's <laughs> great. Yeah, I just man, compared to to Multiverse of Madness, like I this who I thought he kind of got slighted in a lot, mm-hmm. and he didn't really get to shine in that. Like a Sorcerer Supreme should if he's going to have that title, and here he's just the life. I I love every scene he's in. He's killing it. I, I just mm-hmm. the show has done so much for embracing him and really letting him have fun, you know? Yeah, he they can put him in like anywhere and he's so good. Just like talking to Jen Walters, just like what the thing he does magic. Noticed I use my quotations. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, and that post credit scene, you know, which we put as the gift because every show, if you haven't noticed, when we say we're live streaming, we put a gif on every one of our Twitter announcements for the live stream. And this one, you know, that post credit scene right now mad wong i told you guys was gonna be my thing and that's what i want i want some mad wong because uh 
That's hilarious. I would watch a Marvel short just about them going to find a good gin and tonic somewhere and like oh getting in some God. weird adventure and then ending up getting into the bar at the end. Like I would watch that if that was a 10 minute short, right? Um, yeah. So good on She-Hulk. It's fun, Who man. Is this it? is the show that I mean, Somebody asked, me and I'm sorry, watch every week. back it up for anybody listening or watching who doesn't watch She-Hulk. Uh, Madison is a character oh, who okay. spells her name very, very <laughs> crazily um, and is a drunk girl who a, a former mes- uh, student of the mystic of the mass uh, student of the mystic arts uses to because his magic show is failing and he ends up sending her to a demon dimension. But she gets herself out of it by making a deal with like a demon. Yep, there you go. And yeah, and she kind of meets Wong, who figures out that this magician is doing this. And she becomes like Wong's bestie, even though she's just like this drunk clubber girl. And they have these hilarious scenes together where they're just in the post credit scene. It's just them talking about like what Wong's favorite drink is while they're watching like Sopranos. And she keeps spoiling like everything yeah. in Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, she keeps spoiling Sopranos. So good. Yeah, and it's just hilarious. And yeah, it's funny. So um, yeah, it's just a hilarious bit character that. But this show is just so delightful. I I will I agree with like I've seen a couple comments now, and and Janelle too. Like of all the season of all the shows that needs a season two, this is easily the one that agreed. Not just deserves it, but like I want this to keep going. This is so fun. Me and Anissa don't sit down for like every Marvel show, and like this one is we look forward to it every week, and it's just (laughs) fun. And mm-hmm. it's not trying too hard. It's just being itself. And I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, some things from the comments. Um, and then let's get Janelle's thing. But um, yeah, some people have su- already suggested that Madison needs to do a drunk history of the MCU as like a like a special spinoff show, which would be great for like YouTube or just like socials. It's just her recounting what's happened in the MCU. But like that's <laughs> drunk history. That would uh, be great. And some people have theories uh, that she's a scroll and I think this is something that She-Hulk is doing very well is you underestimate some of the serious stuff it could be setting up because it is so comedic. But there's also a theory about there's a dating sequence in this, right? And one of the dates she that Jen Walters has is this creepy kind of nerdy guy who calls her a specimen and is talking about her skin and is asking, can you pierce it with vibranium and stuff? And there's a major fan theory that that guy is the next wave of, you know, just like the wrecking crew was after her that that guy is like another agent of whoever the boss is, possibly the leader. So I think that's, and yeah, Madison could turn out to be something more nefarious, which would be hilarious. Um, yeah, but uh, you never know. Uh, Janelle, how did you like this episode? Oh gosh, it's just so good. Like I said earlier, we need a season two. We need like five seasons of this. Seriously, like this could just go on and on and on and on and on and carry us through every phase of the MCU because it reminds me of Ally McBeal. And I just think it's really, really fun. And I think it's it's nice to have kind of like adult humor in the MCU. It just feels really nice. Cause I, I don't feel like a kid watching a comic book movie. I'm just kind of like, Oh, this was funny for like, she's like literally taking this dude to her bedroom. Like this is like a one night stand clearly. And I, I like that. I like that okay. it's for adults. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, uh, let's talk about that. Cause that's where I wanted to go off. Um, Jamie Girac over on face zero went off about this Twitter scene and do women really use, Tinder like that, or do you get murdered as a woman for using Twitter the way Jen Walters did? <laughs> she breaks down a great thing about that. I'm not going there. What I'm going to talk about is what some people have seized on is 
we got to do check the bro who slept with She-Hulk because he wakes up the next morning yeah. and he's leaving mm-hmm. and he sees Jen Walters, Tatiana and Tatiana Maslany, Jen Walters standing there. And he's like, oh, she's like, I got breakfast for you. And he's like, nah, I'm out. Trash, like, trash. Yeah. He might that's have been trash, out even if a trash if it was ass man, yeah, ladies and true. gents. Like, I'm sorry. That's a trash man. First but of like all, lots, man. that's so typical. It's terrible. Like the dating scene is, is rough. And that's the whole point of this is like, yeah, I don't, regardless, it doesn't matter who you just are. Like, you know, long-term committed, awesome husband dudes. But like, yeah, if you're offering me breakfast, first of all, I'm not just leaving when there's breakfast on the table. <laughs> Second of all, you're, if you look like Tatiana Maslany, I'm going to at least stop and consider my options. <laughs> not least of which is, should I try a quick change during like, you know, what's that like? Like what's a she-hulk to human? Like you know, like in the middle of all this, you got to try that out. There's so many questions you got to answer. How are you just gonna run out the door? You know, like that's yeah, that's like trash, that's bro. True. Like you know, that's just true trash. That is um, so common, man. Like I know you haven't been in the dating scene, but like literally, this it sucks. I haven't been on the dating scene, guys. Like I mean, oh, that's no, not no, 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 simply, no, we're not going. I have down not way. been on the dating scene in this century. That's all. <laughs> that is it. Last century pro this century <laughs> nothing but so here's the thing there can't be that different right century should, to century century over century these apps man these kids um, and their apps it's oh like God, a whole no. other thing <laughs> it's crazy about to make me go get my wife a second ring don't let her hear that She's like, <laughs> okay. we're gonna go into comics now yeah let's Yay! go to comics let's just go let's, to comics let's yeah. get to com- and kobe you're not gonna uh, stop talking because the first book is Alien, and I would not oh, yeah. take yeah. that. They will. So, Alien number one. I know we glowed about a uh, Predator number one. So, did you have a similar, uh, you know, reaction to this one? Um, it, it's. I, I'm still. I'm trying to understand why this is still Marvel, right? Like, why did they mm-hmm. renumber it? Like, why do we start over at one mm. again? I guess it's just an anthology or something. They're doing it. No, they because it was weird. There was like two anthology stories in the last one, and then they just started over. Yeah, they tend to rebrand and and yeah. Marvel launches number ones like nothing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's weird. But um, but I was just enjoying getting the anthology stories in the other series. But this is no different. This is also I like what comic book creators are doing with the Alien and Predator concepts and how they're applying them. And this story is one of the most unique and interesting ones in the alien universe. And it basically is a bunch of Whalen uh, Utah androids, which are always a pivotal part of alien stories, right? Um, the android and synthetic, the synthetic humans and their place in, in this whole order of, you know, humans versus this apex predator and machines kind of always caught in the middle. Um, and this, these were a special unit of androids that were used to kind of like fight and do covert ops and kill squad and all that, who have retired to their own planet that's like inhab- inhabitable by humans and stuff like that. And they're just chilling out there. But of course, you know, they want them to go to this planet that's been overrun by xenomorphs. And this first issue was just us getting the lay of the land as this human squad comes to contact them and get slaughtered just trying to make contact with these androids because the androids aren't messing with humans. They don't, they don't like humans anymore. So um, I thought it was great. And it, again, it's just an interesting way into an alien story because we haven't, it's rare that we get to see somebody go up against the xenomorphs with like a fighting chance, right? Uh, a real fighting chance, 
you know, most of the time they just got to run and hope they can eject them into space. It's like <laughs> the plot of several alien movies. Um, but, uh, you know, when Ripley puts on the exoskeleton suit, it's a different story. She throws down with the queen. So seeing these synthetic humans go into a planet overrun with, with aliens is going to be cool. And I just want to see what happens. And I, that's the work of a first issue for me. Yeah. Janelle, what'd you think? Oh man, this was so exciting. Like the, I, I loved all the comics this week, by the way. I love this. I freaking, the alien stuff is scary. It has me freaked out. It feels kind of Dr. Who-y at times because of like the alien or the, the AI aspect. And like, it, yeah, this is just very interesting. It was a really cool take on it. And it, it had me like at the jump. I was on it. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm all in on this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Just like with Predator, I thought, you know, if you're going to kind of introduce this as a, as a new series, you got to hook me from the beginning. And like that one, they did the whole kind of recap, which was great for me. If someone mm -hmm. doesn't know the timeline on the back of, you know, back of my hand it was great to have like an immediate like, OK, I get where I get where we are. What's happened before. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I, I love this. I came away really excited. I, there is a lot of you, as, as I noticed in the comments, there is a lot of human stuff in it. The aliens don't play like a super big part aside from like the beginning, but there is enough of of them in the story that I was intrigued. So I am. Yeah, that's excited. every, I mean, but that's every alien story. Right. That's every alien movie. You and have they the first the act. Hook. It's all human stuff. And then yeah. like, yeah, then the Xenomorphs. And they set the hook the at the end just, though, that yeah. like moving forward, it's a lot of, like there's going to be a lot of. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're going to an entire planet full. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know. It's, this is, this is an alien story. The Xenomorphs are always just a force of nature. You can't do any characterization with them. They're just the monsters in the dark. And so it's all about who has to go into the dark and face the monsters, yeah. right? Um, but I get your point. And uh, Barkwood Comics, yes, Matt has been for four seasons now, I believe, or close to it, been saying something is killing the children is a great comic series. Fantastic. So Matt's been like, yeah, saying that all along. So that's been a part mm -hmm. of the show since like the beginnings. So um, good, by the way, you yeah. should go read that. Um, let's move into uh, Batman. So let's close what? out the show back where we always go. Where Batman. has Batman? Yeah, Batman number one twenty-seven. Uh, this one, I, <laughs> the Batman of Zoradar. I love this. Uh, this weird stuff. I, I super love it. But this issue explains where this new villain failsafe. By the way, spoilers coming in for these books. Mm -hmm. um, so explains where failsafe, this kind of robotic Batman-looking android thing uh who's been just decimating the bat family uh where it came from and this is so chip is doing some chip sadarsky is the writer's doing some really fun stuff in here this fail safe is the fail safe of the Literally. of batman bruce wayne's fail safe personality which is batman of Zuranar. He created one while he was active because to take the other back. It's so <laughs> screwy how that thing goes. And I love where this issue starts with the Tower of Babel. We're jumping back into that, which is one of my favorite Justice League stories ever in a lot of people's because it's just so freaking fun. It also shows how much of a jerk Batman can really be. <laughs> um, and so we dive into that and then we kind of take this trippy, like it was a failsafe created by me. And then there's also this really interesting battle for control because like Bruce is letting Batman as an R kind of take the, take the reins until Tim Drake ends up in the picture. And I look, I know I'm a sucker for like, for, for moments like this, but when he says, when Bruce says argues with him 
that he's not just like you can't just leave him behind. He's not a soldier. He's my son. That got me. I don't care. I don't, that got me. I had a moment in the book and like the whole rest of the book shifted for me. I ate that up. And then we get Superman at the end. I freaking love this. I love this series. I'm so pumped about Batman. It's nice. It's nice yeah, to have Chip Zdarsky is really killing it. Oh and my god! Yeah. Between this it's and amazing. the night, between this Batman and the night, yeah, he's—I mean—he's just taking big swings at like major Batman lore, whether it's filling in gaps that nobody's filled in with this much detail and character detail. With like in Batman: The Night, how Bruce Wayne trained to become Batman in each intricate step, or doing stuff like this, like shoring up this issue opens with. Uh, like one of the most ambitious epilogues you could like see yeah. you could do, which is adding on to tower of Babel, one of the most famous DC storylines of all time. And you're like, well, I'm just going to add on to that story with an epilogue scene. <laughs> that yeah. scene. That story famously ends with, you know, the justice league taking a vote on whether the vote, vote Batman out. And it comes down to Superman as the deciding vote, but Batman just pieces out before Superman says his piece because Batman figures he knows how Superman would vote. And in this, and that was like the big open-ended thing to that storyline that showed that Batman, and it kind of suggested Batman's so smart that he knows how this is going to go before it happens and how, how each of the league members thinks. And so there is this ambitious scene to open this issue that is what happened after that, which is a ballsy thing to do to like one of the most open-ended, famous open-ended stories. But uh, I mean, he pulls it off because he makes it even better with this open-ended question from Superman. Like it's BS and it always was a weird logical BS because it was like, okay, Batman can stop the whole Justice League, but who stops Batman? Oh, it's the Justice League. And so like, and Superman's like, yeah, that's crap. You already know how to take us all out. So how could we stop you? So who stops you? Yeah. And so like, yeah. And I don't think I even had it click until you said it, Matt, but the part where it was like, <laughs> so Bruce Wayne kind of delegated the creation of this fail safe to Batman of Zen R.A., who is like the most efficient, the Batman of Batmans, the most efficient one fighting the war. And he made the failsafe. And so Bruce didn't know about failsafe because it was split into Batman's NRA. And I don't think I got all that layering until you just said it all, but it, it does make sense. But um, yeah, and this is a cool thing because one of the top things I Googled when re after reading the story is people have been asking for years, does Batman have a contingency plan for Batman? It's like one of the big things that hangs out in DC. And so to fill that gap like this and do it so effectively is, is pretty awesome. And the logic of it, like in the, in the cold horror that Bruce Wayne is so good at knowing things that he has outwitted himself. And there's even a thing like where he tries to, he thinks he knows a weak point and then he's like, Oh, of course I would have thought of that. And then <laughs> the crap kicked out of him. And Jorge Jimenez's art is next level. Like this, the shot of Batman laying on Wayne Manor and, you know, burning and being like well this is a good death which is you know a call back to like the frank miller stuff is it was awesome this is one of my favorite issues of batman i've read you know since we started reading them Did yeah agreed you know there's like <laughs> there's the batman that's like super wordy and then there's the batman that's super actiony <laughs> this was action and i love that because it's easy to follow i understand what's happening uh, it's really pleasing to look at and uh, it was just I mean Kofi just wrapped it up really well it, it's just well done on so many levels and you understand what's happening it's intriguing it's interesting there's moments that are just really exciting and yeah it's a great great book and yay I like Batman again <laughs> yay um, and also the the Cobblepot 
uh, Selena thing was actually a fun backup story too. I actually enjoyed that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Moving into the last book, which was uh, going to be the poll, but we ended up <laughs> just doing yeah, it. Talk about a backup story you really needed to read though. Penguin who yeah, kicked off important. this whole thing, who activated failsafe by making it seem like Batman had crossed the line is just faked his death and is running a flower shop as one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a nose job. Yeah, a nose job. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Flashpoint <laughs> Beyond, uh, number five. Uh, is the last book we and good lord again just another like this was a very much a bringing all a lot of the pieces together of this mystery of like who's been killing these people who's been kind of trying to you know who's also there's been this other person moving in thomas wayne's world and he's been trying to get to the bottom of that uh we don't get a lot of forward movement on the other side like the bruce wayne story but we do get some important pieces there but this is mostly again focused on thomas wayne uh and martha and seeing like we get the whole explanation of not why like not just how she survived but also like what led her and it was just the extent to me it was the extent of like how far she went into setting all this up and there's some amazing scenes between the two but i i think the the thing that took this for me was um, the debt family, right? Just like th- there's scenes where um, she's the mom is like in the elevator and she's, she's with her son and the personalities are, are kind of dueling for control there. And it's just, man, that, that like broke my heart. I don't know. That's just, that, that just broke my heart. Um, yeah, that was scary. It's yeah. yeah that's, oh, and, and he's like, you know, you're squeezing me so tight. That, it was hard. There's some hard scenes there uh, yeah. to process, but overall I thought it was just a fantastic issue. But there's a lot going on. I'm curious, Janelle, how did you feel from going from because this <laughs> one isn't as like action packed and this one's a little uh, different, too. And just like how it approaches. How would you like this? One it compared? is wordy. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, and I actually read it this morning with my tea. Uh, it, it was. Yeah. I mean, I. it's really <laughs> difficult to follow a Batman book that you love so much because I feel like I would have liked this more had I read it before mm. the other one. Uh, it's not that I dislike it. It's just, it does. it's not as much of a standout. Like for me, Alien and our Batman 127 is just so good. Like, and this was okay. I'm just kind of like, I'm still a little foggy on details. I'm still trying to understand. Everybody is. Don't worry okay. about it. You're not. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No. Okay. That's Listen, good. Flashpoint Beyond and Dark Crisis. This week, Dark Crisis fell well beyond below Flashpoint Beyond for me because they've been kind of running neck and neck. It. <laughs> and one, you actually had to read one before you read the other because I started with Flashpoint as I do, but then I had to go back and read Dark Crisis because it was like this takes place after Dark Crisis, and I was like, okay. So I went back and read that nonsense. Now, <laughs> nobody, like this has just been just for context for Janelle. Like this is like DC has been kicking this can down the road since the 2010s when Flashpoint happened. Because Flashpoint happened, then got erased. But then there was Doomsday Clock, uh, Doomsday Clock, and all that. Then they wanted to keep playing with Thomas Wayne, so they had to bring him back and play with him. Then they had to kill him off again and do all that. And so everything's gotten confused. And so this series is really just here to kind of help straighten out some things and possibly make the Flashpoint universe exist again because it is so much fun. And I think that's what this issue's takeaway was for me. The Flashpoint universe is too much fun not to play in. It always has been. And this is just awesome. We finally got to see Martha Wayne, Joker, and Thomas Wayne, Batman, which is, they've been like the Boba Fett of DC ever since Flashpoint, because we got a three-arc kind of Batman story 
that revealed, but the big twist was at the end that Martha was a Joker and you didn't really get much time with her. It was more dramatic stuff. You didn't really see her Joker as much. So kind of seeing her now be a true villain and being this good at it, even with her like knife skills and stuff, she's, it's an interesting character and seeing their dynamic is interesting. And I want Flashpoint to stick around because like I said, it's an interesting universe. I care much less about like Batman and Rip Hunter and the Time Masters and all that stuff. I just want this universe to exist because yeah, Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne and all the other stuff going on, uh, Gilda Den as Two Face, yeah. it's much better. So I'm enjoying it, but it is it is talking talking, and it's not an action one like Janelle said. I think I think this is just interesting if you're into DC multiverse stuff. Yeah. I agree. I think well said. You don't like Martha Joker, the Weaver's Witch? I love Martha. I think Martha Joker is one of my favorite twists. That yeah, in the universe where Bruce cool. got killed, that Thomas flipped out and became Batman, and Martha went insane and became Joker. It, it actually makes sense. So I, I've always liked it. I love the line where it, she's telling him about the other world, and she's like, and, he, and Joker was a guy? Like she, like yeah, it's they so just hard casually dropped Joker's real name, Jack Oswald White. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. have years and years of this and we finally just casually drop joker's name which is yeah. Jeff crazy Charles. so that's comics yeah and a good comics this week so uh that's comic book nation uh we had an extra supersized show today uh but you know we got to cover a lot like i said stay tuned we will be covering all things d23 this weekend don't miss out there's going to be a lot there always is so be sure you catch all the latest updates on marvel star wars big disney movies all of that and if you haven't, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there because we're dropping videos. I have a review of the new movie Barbarian that I'm about to shoot and we're going to put out there with some cast interviews and we have other content coming your way over there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us at Comic Book Nation. You can follow me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And hit us up and uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, yes, somebody said yes. Cobra Kai is now back on Netflix <gasps> too. Check that what? out. Uh, it was Star, Star Trek Day. We have a bunch of Star Trek coverage we did over on our Star <laughs> I Trek. I started Morbius. Uh, Morbius is on Netflix. And yeah. I like it. Oh, boy. We're going to have to hear Janelle's uh, Morbius. <laughs> it's recap. Morbid time. Morbid time next week. So we're going to hear what Janelle thinks about Morbius uh, next week. Yeah, there's a lot of great content out there this weekend. Oh, yeah, you guys okay. enjoy. We'll see you here next week. Comic Book Nation. Peace. Peace.